0: As you know, this podcast is free and we don't even do outside advertisement. And the way we support this podcast is by selling courses. And the reason we do that is because it doesn't just support us, it supports you. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast, support yourself at the same time and take one of our courses. And if you want to find out what our courses are like, we've created several complimentary workshops that give you the opportunity to taste our unique brand of learning experience. To reserve your spot, go to view.life slash explore or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Art of Accomplishment, where we
1: explore how deepening connection with ourselves and others leads to creating the life we want with enjoyment and ease. I'm Brett Kissler, here today with my co-host Joe Hudson. Good morning,
0: Joe. Hey, good morning. How are you?
1: Doing great. It's uh, crazy out there right now, economically. I'm having a lot of people in my world and coaching clients uh, facing what feels like to be facing some pretty big decisions, and so this has been something that's sort of been, you know, up for me lately. Is just sort of sitting in this, uh, the kind of perception that people often have that if we make emotional decisions, we can't trust them. Like we can't trust our decisions when there's emotions <laughs> involved. And so yeah. you need to be rational, and get emotions out of it.
0: Yeah. Which is <laughs> yeah, hilarious. But, yeah. I, that happened to me this morning. Actually, I was uh speaking to um an entrepreneur in Israel who same thing said the number one problem he was having was decision making. And and also, if I recall correctly, also, you know, talked about rational decision making, which as we've talked about many times, you know, there is no such thing as rational decision making. And there but w- w- what's really true is that um there if you like I would say it like this if you make a decision from depression it's most likely to bring more depression if if you mm-hmm. if you make a decision from um trauma it's most likely to bring more trauma if you make a decision from happiness it's more likely to bring more happiness or the other way to think about it is that happy people seem to make decisions that continue to make them happy and depressed people seem to make the decisions that make them more depressed. So I get the idea of like, Oh, I don't want to make an emotional decision. It's just impossible. The, the, the question is how do you make decisions? How do you make decisions knowing that emotions are controlling the game? How do you use emotions to make great decisions or something like that? I think it's a more accurate question.
1: Yeah. Or how do you, how do you make great emotional decisions? Given that every decision is an emotional decision.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. That's even better way to put it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is, this has been something we've we've covered in a lot of different ways and different episodes here. And so I think this is just something that's very core to our work is that, you know, we, we kind of break up that perception that it's the emotions in the decisions that are the problem. Um, rather than avoiding the emotion in the decision that causes the causes the outcomes that we're afraid of,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So it's 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 not about not making an emotional decision. It's about not avoiding emotions in your decision making. It's it. I think that's what you're pointing at there, and that that's a far more uh, useful way to take a look at it. And and what's interesting to me is that. So there's this idea of okay I'm going to welcome and accept uh, certain emotions so that I can have clear decision making and how that works. What's interesting to me is that how how you welcome and accept emotions does a lot more than clarify your decision making. It's it is very much um when we talked about embracing intensity in one of the earlier episodes it's very much kind of the mechanism behind that which is being able to embrace difficult emotions, uh, enjoy them, welcome them, that is like the biggest uh, indicator, leading indicator of transformation. And one of the ways that that works is it helps us make great decisions, but it's definitely not the only way it works. So mm-hmm. so to be able to make great emotional decisions also changes a whole bunch of other cool things in your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you can make if you can make the emotional decision of laying off somebody that you consider close and a friend, then and you can welcome all of the emotions around that, then you'll be able to make a clear decision and be present throughout the whole thing. Is sort of the
0: Co- correct and and I would say that if you are able to welcome all those difficult emotions there and in other aspects of your life, other things occur like. You're less judgmental you're less defensive the emotion then what you think are negative emotions start turning into positive emotions there's all sorts of you you make better decisions you uh, interrupt unhelpful patterns you you know you have more connection with people all sorts of things happen from that simple thing of what we've called embracing intensity but I, i'll call here loving accepting all the all the difficult emotions and uh, honestly, positive ones or, or as they, as the, I think I've said this recently, but as the youth, they're saying like, feel the feels that's the, that's the way my, that's why my girls are saying it, feel the feels. So
1: what what makes, what makes feeling the feels actually work, feeling the feels and loving your emotions to catch people up on this? What is it? What is it that makes this make better decisions makes this happen?
0: Yeah, there's so so there's so many things. I just discussed some of them, but just to go into depth a little bit. So, oftentimes we use judgment as a way to not feel difficult emotions. As a matter of fact, you've been you've you've seen the exercise that we've done where and done the exercise where you get to discover every time you're judging somebody, there's an emotion there that you're not feeling, or every time you're defensive, there's an emotion there that you don't want to feel. So. And, and we've talked about on the podcast how when we invite an emotion, when we welcome the emotion, it, it feels different than if you are resisting the emotion. Emotions unresisted and emotions resisted feel very different from one another, even though it's the same emotion. But the, the three major mechanisms, I would I would think out of the dozens and dozens, the three major mechanisms of, of that transform our lives because we're embracing welcoming, um, emotions are the decision-making the, um, stopping the patterns and the, and the increase of connection.
1: So let's double click on that a little bit then. Yeah. So, so let's, let's go into just a little bit more about how, how it affects decision-making kind of beyond what we just discussed.
0: Right. So We've discussed on the podcast how um, how we make emotional decisions neurologically, and if we take the emotional center of the brain out, that we stop making decisions. So we've talked about that. So then the question is, if we can't make logical decisions, or if we're using logic to determine what emotion we think we're going to feel given a decision, then. The question becomes: How do you clarify decision making? Since it, you know, logic isn't going to do it. And the answer there is uh, not using a decision to avoid an emotion or to run towards an emotion. To allow a decision to be a uh, expression of our authenticity, what we're excited about, like th- our joy, and oftentimes what we're doing is we're Deciding something as a way to what either seems like avoid a consequence, and those consequences are emotional feelings, or um, run towards a consequence, or like hope hope for a consequence, which again is a feeling. And when I meet, mean, and just to be specific about that, somebody might say, "No, I'm trying to avoid losing a billion dollars. That's not a feeling."
1: Yeah, and my or following respon- my joy.
0: Yeah, in, yeah. Uh,
1: getting a billion dollars.
0: Involving yeah, and so what I would say to somebody like that is. But look, if you had a choice between like, oh, you got the billion dollars, but you're absolutely freaking miserable and you want to kill yourself every day and it's just a struggle to stay alive, you know, what, what What? do you make of that decision? Or vice versa, if you lost everything, but you were happier than you've ever been and you felt like totally comfortable and at peace and joyful, how would you feel about that? Like, the, like is, you couldn't be like, oh, crap, there's no money because you just were in so much joy. You're just like, oh, this is great. So the the consequences that we're avoiding are emotional consequences. And so the question becomes, how do you invite and learn that each of these emotions is this wonderful thing not to be avoided or not to be run towards that the entire spectrum is lovely. Just like you wouldn't, you wouldn't like always want pizza or you wouldn't always want the same bottle of red wine. You would, it's actually the joy is in the, eclecticness uh, the eclecticness of of or the full emotional palette and that each one of them is information and if you cut off any of them then you have information that you're not going to get which is critical so Mm. so so the 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 real thing there is how do i how does one just love and embrace all the emotions and that's the And and as you do, your decision-making clarifies. If you're like, oh, I'm happy to do that, even though it might be something that most people, like, oh, I might need to be sad to do the thing that's right by me. I I might need to be sad to be authentic. I might need to feel like a failure to actually have the success that I'm wanting. Mm -hmm. So if you can embrace all of those emotional experiences, then your decision-making clarifies.
1: No, I think there's also a, there's a nuance here where a lot of people will hear this and be like, well, okay, so let's say I'm okay with losing a billion dollars. I'm okay with, you know, losing all my investors' money. I'm okay with, if I make it so that I'm okay with losing the, my partner that I love, yeah. then doesn't that make it more likely that this happens? Because it's, you know, the fear of those things that makes me do something alternate. Um, right. And there's something that I noticed there where it's like, how much is it the the future emotion and how much is it actually about the present fear of feeling the future emotion?
0: Yeah, so that's a great one. So 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 this is actually leads into the second thing which is like the repeating pattern. So that's a second mechanism. So the first mechanism is it you know that the the way that us embracing emotions brings us joy and and transformation. First is the decision making how it affects our decision making, but the second is how it it affects repeating patterns. So what you're saying there is basically the opposite of what actually occurs so this is where i'm, I'm starting to come up with this term like golden algorithm i don't know why i want it it's just so important and it's and it's and it it took me years to realize like this is kind of at the bottom of everything to some degree and i'm i'm always hesitant to say this is always at the bottom of everything right there's a lot of like completeness in that, which is never true. And it also feels like so, so important and so true so often. Uh, but so anyways, the, the, the way that this algorithm goes is that we invite the thing that we're avoiding in the exact way that we are avoiding it. So I'll just say that again, which is we are inviting the thing that we're avoiding in the exact way that we're avoiding it. And this is how our patterns repeat. So we experience some sort of trauma that we weren't allowed. And and in that trauma, we weren't allowed or didn't feel something because it was too intense at the moment. And so we keep on repeating the patterns to get back to homeostasis and feel it. And it happens through this algorithm. And so like a simple example of this would be, um, my daughter and I are sitting there and she had a big project, which she went to um, some bureaucracy like fishing game bureaucracy and some secretary there, you know, chided her for trying to do something bigger than her britches, so to speak. And, and I asked her, I was like uh, to my daughter, I was like, well, how, what happened? She goes, Oh, it sucked. And I'm like, what were you trying not to feel? And she said, I didn't want to feel like a failure. I was like, oh, and then what did you do to not feel like a failure? And she said, I stopped trying. And what did stop trying? What did not trying create? It created me feeling like a failure. Hmm. That that's how it works. And there's every every single problem that you face, you can go to and say, okay, what's the emotion I'm avoiding? And um, and how is the way that I'm avoiding it actually creating the problem? So you can say, I can never um, make my wife happy, as an example. Like, that's a problem. No matter what I do, my wife isn't happy, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And, And you can just look at it and say, okay, so what's the emotion that you're trying to avoid? Oh, I'm trying to avoid her disappointment. And how do you avoid her disappointment? And, oh, I avoid her disappointment by, it could be a number of things, but running away from her whenever she's disappointed. Okay, so that definitely is going to make her (laughs) more disappointed. Yeah. Or it might be I try to fix her problems, which of course makes her feel like she's less than and not good enough, which constantly will make her feel disappointed because she's not happy with herself. So like any problem that you have, you can backwards engineer it using this algorithm and say, oh, what's the emotion that I'm avoiding that's creating the problem? And so that's how... That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the pattern.
1: Interesting to see the uh, sort of the the way you said earlier that like this seems to be at the bottom of everything. And I know that that might, you know, that's a very like broader, like complete statement to make. But yeah. uh, I see another a parallel here with identity as well, where in in that example where it's like, well, if my wife is disappointed with me, then that means I'm not good enough. And if I have the identity of being good enough by a certain standard, then if i'm not meeting that standard i'd have to feel something and so yeah. i'm both avoiding the feeling and i'm also maintaining an identity and this happens in in relationships a lot whether it's work or personal around like for example trust i've had I've had some sessions where people are like yeah i just i really want, i want people to trust me uh and what they kind of mean by that is i want to be seen as trustworthy and what ends up showing up in their life is that they You know, they they don't share anything with people around them that might seem like mistrust because they project that other people want to be felt like they're trustworthy rather than recognize where trust isn't and be able to work on it. And then it just ends up being this kind of subconscious lack of trust, for example, until something something happens and then they're like, oh, no, people don't trust me. Right. And And then that emotion comes in, you know?
0: Yeah, right. So... Yeah, beautifully seen, and I, I'm going to express that in a slightly different way, which is the first first thing is yeah. So this person doesn't want to feel untrustworthy. They don't want to feel like people can't trust them. Whatever emotion that brings up in them, right? Like oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm not, I don't have integrity, or whatever. And then if you just apply that the golden algorithm to it, you you could see oh, um. I want people to make me, I want people to feel like I'm trustworthy, which means I'm avoiding people feeling, I'm avoiding the emotion that comes from people feeling like I'm not trustworthy. Well, as it turns out, if you want people to see you as trustworthy, that is not trustworthy in itself, right? So it's just because you you don't, you you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to trust somebody who wants me to see them in a certain light as much as I'm going to trust somebody who's just going to be with me as I am and and when, with them, how they are and, and talk to me as they are with what's coming up with them in the, in the moment. But the algorithm will be something to the effect of, Oh, I am avoiding feeling untrustworthy by not speaking my, not speaking the truth about when I'm not trusting you because of this projection. And then now I really can't trust you because I know that there's a problem because i can read it all over your face and you're not telling me. And so the exact way that we're avoiding it is the way that we invite it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so edifying when you see it. When you yeah. can see that in every single problem you have, it's like, "Whoa, such a thing." Yeah.
1: Yeah, so something that's fascinating about this is I could imagine that this for for some people this might just be a new way to beat ourselves up. We learn we learn this algorithm and then we start to blame ourselves uh, yeah. and, and shame ourselves for everything that happens. For everything that happens that results in a difficult emotion for us, we're like, "Ah, I must have been avoiding this emotion." See, I did it again. Ah, and right. uh, so yeah. So how do we how do we address that?
0: <laughs> I would be I would be using the golden algorithm. I'd be asking, "Well, what is the emotion that I'm trying to avoid here?" That's what I would be doing. I'd be looking at the and then not avoid it. And so in you, that, you mean the emotion inside of beating, inside of beating myself up, I would look for what's the emotion I'm avoiding and I would feel it.
1: And what's an example in, in sort of your, your history with coaching? What are some of the things that people are avoiding feeling by beating themselves up?
0: There's lots of things that people can avoid feeling when they, when they beat themselves up. Um, Oftentimes they're uh, though at least the first level of what they're avoiding is the thing they're beating themselves up for. So let's say I'm the shame is the way to stop the emotional experience. And so whatever they're ashamed of is what they're preventing themselves from feeling. So as an example, I um I lied lie to somebody and I feel shame over lying, and I'm beating myself up for lying to somebody. There's usually an emotion that I have to feel for lying that maybe it's uh, a feeling of remorse. Maybe it's a feeling of sadness. Maybe it's a feeling of, of uh, anger that I felt something was more important than my integrity and I'm avoiding that emotional experience. So on the first level, I would say that's what they're avoiding. And by feeling that, then the shame moves away and and then they can get back to Seeing this as a great tool that they get to use instead of beating themselves up.
1: Now you mentioned that the, there were three main things. The third one is connection. So, yeah, let's let's move on to that one.
0: Well, it's a great segue uh, right away. Like shame is one of the ways that we use to avoid emotions, um, and that shame disconnects us from ourselves, disconnects us from the people around us. If we judge people we're avoiding emotional experience and so that's a way that disconnects us from them and judgment is a way that um, we disconnect from others and we disconnect from ourselves Uh, defensiveness is another one that when there's a defensiveness happening we often feel wrong and we're avoiding it and even if we are not wrong we feel like we're wrong Uh, and I would say almost every time that happens. And, uh, and so that's another example of it. So most of the ways that we, and and I think it's just very simply, most simply put that when we feel disconnected from ourselves, what we feel disconnected from is our emotional experience. That's the thing that we are running away from or avoiding. Mm. So if all of a sudden you are making great decisions and, you aren't repeating your pa- your unhelpful patterns and you're feeling deeply connected and moving into connection and moving from connection, you can imagine how quickly your life transforms. And all that's required in all of this is just to feel the emotions that you don't want to feel.
1: Yeah. And of course, in alluding back to the Embrace Intensity episode, not creating yeah. right. emotions <laughs> that you think you need to feel yeah. or you know, yeah. setting up a crucible for yourself or diving yeah. into your shame and wallowing in it.
0: Right. Don't worry. There's yeah. plenty of negative emotions just hanging out that you're avoiding. You know, you don't have to create others. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have a personal story on this one. Uh, there was.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of just like a very, like an everyday example is like You know, you get a parking ticket. You're like, oh, parking ticket, stupid idiot. Shouldn't have done the thing. And then your parking (laughs) ticket sits on the counter. And every time you look at the parking ticket, you're just like, oh, damn. And then you never pay it. And then it ends up getting fees and fines and everything. And then it's even worse. And you feel even more upset about it. Um, And I've heard something interesting that sometimes people do with that, which is uh, that if you take the parking ticket and then you imagine that you've already lost the money, But now it's actually a check. And if you go and you deposit the check, and the check is made out for the amount of the penalty you'll save by actually paying it on time. Then, like, every time you look at it, you're like, oh, look, free money, woo, let's pay this. Right. (laughs) Which is an interesting flip on it, but...
0: It is a great flip on it. Sort of a...
1: There's a little bit of golden algorithm there. Yeah. Of that, yeah, that, like, that gut punch pushing you directly away from exactly what your, you know, optimal action would be.
0: That's right. Yeah. It, right. It, and if you're not beating yourself up from it, there's nothing to avoid, then you just send the check in and, yeah. and right. Yeah. It's a very, that's an, a fascinating thought process. And, and yes, and that flip and and what's interesting is most of these behavioral hacks that you see, like the, quicker ones or the are often changing the way you think about it to change the way that you feel about it right Mm -hmm. so oh i i make this story and the story is i'm a bad person who has to be punished and be paid a penalty and i don't want to feel that too i am somebody who's receiving a check and therefore i'm happy to pay this thing right like it's literally you're changing the meaning to change the emotional reality that's happening and, Which is an
1: interesting short-term hack, but the, in the long-term, it's more freeing to be able to feel the full gut punch of the regret of the, you know, of the whatever you have to feel about having like, yeah. received a parking ticket,
0: you I didn't I make think, it
1: to the meter in time, whatever.
0: Yeah, they also go hand-in-hand hand too in the fact that um, as you learn to embrace, enjoy, welcome these emotions, they change, right? So that gut punch won't be the same gut punch if you fully mm. embrace and enjoy it and and love it and accept it and look forward to it. Then all of a sudden, the gut punch isn't the same expression. It, it doesn't feel the same in the body. So there's that aspect of it too. Yeah, if you're going to try to change every single story so that you never have a negative emotion, that's going to be a long haul and it's never going to mm-hmm. be, it's never going to completely work. However, if you can, um, however, seeing through stories is great and it's very useful. And what I notice is as people um, feel deeply into these emotions and accept them and welcome them, what happens is that their stories change naturally the head kind of mm-hmm. catches up eventually and they, and it's, and it sees that like the, it, I wouldn't say it sees, I would say that a lot of our stories are guided by the emotions, whether we want to admit it or not. And so that would be another benefit to feeling deeply and exploring and welcoming all these emotions is that our stories change and they become far more conducive to living a great life.
1: Yeah and another thing here is the the increasing sensitivity to these emotions the more you welcome them the more you'll notice that tiny little bit of gut punch of like oh i'm probably over my parking but i don't want to leave this conversation it's so good i'll just ignore that for a minute right and so this okay. is something we mentioned in the we, we talked about this a little bit in the Q&A episode recently where yeah. you know the more the more of this work you do the more sensitive you become and the the less you know the the less you're willing to handle certain and deal with certain things in your life. So right. you end up feeling feeling more and it comes earlier, which is really good for making great emotional decisions.
0: It's really, yeah. Well, my, well, well done, Brett. That was great. To, that was a great callback. Yes, that's right. You can make a lot better decisions if you are sensitive to the emotional experience that you're having in the moment and you become more sensitive the more you feel into them. What's also interesting is that there's there, you know, we made a distinction before about choices and decisions, but if you'd look at all those little choices that happen automatically that we don't think about, those are controlled even more by emotions than anything else. And so as you do, as you go through these big decisions and find these big emotions you don't want to feel as you go through the judgment and find these emotions you don't want to feel and you start feeling them and loving them and accepting them all those automatic decisions all those oh I'm mm-hmm. going to just scroll Facebook for a bit or oh I'm going to go take a walk or what all those little de- I'm going to take I'm going to eat here all those little decisions change which is super cool and it it's really hard to what I notice is it's really hard it's it's not impossible, but it's really hard to, say, change a habit and say, okay, I'm going to remember every time I put on my shoes, I'm going to do it differently. Or every time yeah. I wake up, I'm going to drink tea instead of coffee. They're, like Those things can be really challenging. But what I notice is that when a certain emotional stuff gets loved and unhinged and it's not a hook anymore, some habits just change automatically. A lot of them change automatically. And I remember Um, you know, in my twenties, I was smoking quite a bit of pot and I was beating myself up for smoking pot. And as soon as I started to love anger and allow anger in a whole new way, then, and, 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 and then the beginning of sadness, marijuana, just, I just lost interest. I just lost interest in it. And I found that with a lot of, a lot of the, um, habits that we have are used to help us not feel something. And so if we bad, what we call bad habits. And so the more that you allow those emotional experiences, you learn to love them and you embrace them, then the habits are unnecessary.
1: Yeah. Something you said about, um, about people making the decision. Okay. Every morning I'm going to drink tea instead of coffee. You know, these, These decisions lead to something that people call decision fatigue, which is like you can do it for a while and then eventually, you know, you run out of dopamine or you run out, like whatever, whatever willpower they take that because you're constantly overriding your emotional system. Whereas if you just go in and you feel the emotions, then you get to refactor that emotional background that creates this context for within which all of your decisions occur. And I really like that piece about how many, how many unconscious decisions are you making that you're not even aware of when When you look at your life and you're like, well, I can only decide between this and that. Should I leave my job or not leave my job? Should I do that? Like th- how many other decisions are you not even aware of because you won't let yourself feel a little bit of discomfort somatically <laughs> yeah. before you're even aware that it exists, that you yeah. have to feel to be like, oh, you know what? I actually could just yeah. reorg this department and right. be just, it'd be a pain in the ass for everybody and be better off in the long run.
0: Yeah. And that's yeah, right. That's an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right, how many of the, so, uh, you know, we, we get hung up on these three decisions, and we'll call those decisions A, B, C, but they might not even be decisions we should be making. We should be thinking completely about X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z is what's going to actually change our world. A, B, and C, doesn't matter what we decide, the chances of it changing our world is 2%, but X, Y, and Z decisions, well, those decisions might change our world 100%. And so you see this in marriages and you see this in in uh, people running companies, it, that a lot of the success is built on where you're putting your time and energy, what decisions you're actually making and which decisions you're not making. And, and that is a really hard thing to control consciously. And it's far more... It's far easier to control. Uh, control is not the right word, but to focus on the right stuff if you're not avoiding the the emotional garbage, because most yeah. of that happens, like you said, subconsciously, right? I mean, That's brilliant. Okay, so, cool, Brett. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And so now that we've, you know, we've talked about all this, how how do we do this? What are what are some practices? What are some ways that this could be integrated? Into people's lives after they hear this episode.
0: Yeah, we we have a thing called um, emotional inquiry, which you know I can't go into here with its full in full depth, but I can talk about the principles behind it. The the first thing to see is that it's an undoing; it's not a doing. So, the doing is in the resistance to the emotion. That's what takes the energy. That's what takes the effort. The not resisting the emotion, welcoming the emotion, that takes less effort. It might take a little activation energy, but i I feel far more I have a lot more energy if I have just experienced an emotion unresisted than if I experience emotion resisted, right? And so, and you I'm seeing the smile on your face you you know this experience, right? So the first thing is it's an undoing, and it's Far more like dropping a hot frying pan. It's like, how do I drop a hot frying pan? It is one of the most complicated things to explain to anybody, and you just can't do it. How do you drop a hot frying pan? Because it's an undoing. And so similarly, how how do you stop
1: overriding my emotions by telling myself what I should be feeling?
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. And what's better to be feeling? Yeah. All of that, all that shit takes energy, and it's the opposite. It's the, the 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 thing that requires the least energy of of an, you know, interacting with an emotional experience in the way that takes the least energy is what we're looking for. So that's the first thing about it. The second thing is that you're meeting your emotions with view. So you're meeting the emotions with vulnerability. You're allowing the feeling impartiality. You're not trying to change it. You're not trying to get rid of it. Empathy, meaning you're having empathy with yourself. You're allowed, you know, you're being with yourself in your emotional experience. You're not trying to fix it. You're not trying to solve it. You're not lost in the story of it you're just with yourself just keeping yourself company and and you're in wonder and wonder is a huge piece to this one and so that's a lot of the emotional inquiry that we do is like looking at the emotion as if it was like as if you were a little kid finding a turtle for the first time and you pick up the turtle and you're like checking it out it's like looking at your emotional experience like that is absolutely the the way to do it and also emotional expression is great and moving the emotions and but the most important thing is like how do i look at this with some curiosity and wonder excuse me and and vulnerability and impartiality it's really like meeting it with view and there's you know there's techniques for it but that's the the general principle yeah
1: yeah something that i liked in there was about the just the, with the amount of energy that it takes to manage our emotions, there's so much energy that becomes unlocked when we don't.
0: Oh my gosh. So yeah. people
1: are often looking for the solution to their problems that requires more energy. What can I expend more energy on? And I think that's where just a lot of people are stuck to begin with. Yeah. And another, right. another throwback to our Q and a episode around depression, it was like, how much motivation does it take to beat yourself up constantly in, in your head? Right.
0: Yeah. And what right.
1: happens when that motivation's unlocked? Yeah. And
0: that's that's so it's so right and 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 it's so hard to see when you're in it like so give yourself a little compassion and gentleness and like it's so hard for someone to say i hear this all the time with people where they're just like i can't feel this thing you're like you're like you you're feeling it currently i don't know what you're talking you just are resisting the hell out of it and and so that's a great experiment that you can do just like right now as a for instance is you can. You can take any emotional experience that you're having at this time, take the most intense one, close your eyes and resist the shit out of it. Resist it. Like, do everything you can not to feel it. And then take the exact same emotional experience and do everything, or undo everything and just embrace it. Like, just allow, just welcome. Welcome it the way that you've always wanted to be welcomed. Welcome it in the way that a five-year-old looking at a turtle for the first time would welcome something. And you feel that, and then that tells you right away. That's the difference between resisted and unresisted emotions. It's just immediate. Hmm.
1: Now, so to speak to some of the inner wisdom of having resistance to emotions. Yeah, we, yeah. you know, we developed this for a reason there. What are some, let's talk about some pitfalls that might occur uh, as we, as we start down this process. So like what, what makes it that this isn't just a natural thing that we just do? Um,
0: well, yeah, those are two what, different what are some of the risks. Yeah. I can tell you some of the risks. What makes it not the natural thing that we do? So then the, in um, what makes it, I would, this is my theory and I'll just, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how accurate this is, but this is my going theory, which is animals before prefrontal cortex, before meaning making, before being able to like look into the future and see potential patterns, they were, they're just looking at the emotional reaction to the moment. And it makes total sense to, oh, don't, don't do that thing that hurts do that thing that feels good and in the moment that feels really great if if you don't have psychology <laughs> but if you have psychology then don't do that in the moment it means don't remember this thing it means don't um you know it means meaning it, it's like it's like the stories because it's the stories that create a tremendous amount of the emotions and so you're dealing not you're all of a sudden it became from two dimensions to three dimensions and it doesn't suit that the new three-dimensional game so that's the reason that I think it was developed because if it's just like eat those mushrooms don't eat those mushrooms you do what feels good you don't do what feels bad but when it comes to you know apologizing to somebody and the ramifications of that in your social network and the ramifications of your social network on your business and all of that stuff and all the meaning that you make of that then what feels good in the moment to what's good in the long term are very different things so I think that's where it comes from. As far as the pitfalls go, uh, the, the number one thing that can happen, is, and this only happens to like a really few people, and it's it's usually super type A, um, people I love working with, honestly. Um, uh super type a people who are like in it to win it and very self-reliant. And they're just like, they start going after every single emotion all at once. And they're just there every moment they can. They're like, okay, I'm going to embrace this one. I'm going to embrace this one. And that can just create too much transformation too quickly. And it can make you feel very ungrounded. So what I would say is go as hard as you want, but if you start feeling ungrounded, slow it down, just, mm. you, you know, do it twice a day. No big deal. Um, so, yeah, that, and, and, and I think underneath that is just don't like pushing yourself to get there is another avoidance of emotion. <laughs> so pushing so right. yourself to get to a place is another avoidance of emotion. If you do that, then.
1: And it's not wonder.
0: And it's, it's not wonder. That's right.
1: Yeah. What that, what that brings up for me is like the, uh, the experiments with the learned helplessness in, in mice, uh, where, you know, if they're shocking the mouse and it can do something about it, then they'll shock the mouse and it'll run away. But if yeah. it can't actually leave, then it just numbs itself to the experience. It um, down. because down. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is something also in the way that they used to train elephants for circuses. All of this ethical, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's some ethical conundrums here, but there's there's history. So a way that they would train an elephant to stay in a ring is that as a baby elephant, they would tie it to a post and yeah. then it would learn where it could go. And then eventually it would become so big that it could just rip the post out of the ground, but it wouldn't actually try yeah. because it had just learned where the limits were. And so when you're, when you're experiencing emotions that you've avoided for a long time, there was a reason why they overwhelmed you at, at some point in time. There was a reason why they weren't safe. You might've gotten attacked for having, having those emotions yeah. in certain contexts. And so to be in wonder isn't to say, let's just welcome all of the emotions as a dogmatic fact of what I'm going to do, but rather to just be in wonder with what happens when I feel this emotion, what does it bring up for me? How does my life transform and what results occur? You know, rather than just being like everything I need to feel. And if I'm not, then that's an indicator of my failing. And.
0: (laughs) And even, right. even yeah. if it
1: means I'm overwhelming myself all the time and then going right. back and forth between openness and avoidance
0: right and, and and so that's the other that's another you're just describing another mechanism the same mechanism for another pitfall which is if you are loving an emotion welcoming an emotion to make it go away, it won't work <laughs> like a lot of people mm. will learn, oh wow, I do this and then all of a sudden I don't you know the my feeling of fear goes away it doesn't actually go away it it just feels different and so we don't identify yeah. it as that uncomfortable thing but um but if you're doing it to do that then you're still in resistance and it comes back so that's the other pitfall is to it is it is welcoming it at every level it is not trying to make it go away by welcoming it yeah and yeah, then what the, happens when you're a, go ahead no.
1: yeah what happens when you're a kid and you approach your your parent and they love you in such a way as to make you go away. Right. Like, oh yeah, that's a very nice painting. Yeah, nice, dear. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, exactly. How does that? How does that make you feel? And how does that make your emotions feel if you're doing that with them?
0: It reminds me of somebody that there's like this, like eight years old, eight year old. I'm with somebody I can't remember who, and it was like eight years old, and uh, the kid was like, "I want to sing you guys a song," and the parent says. That's wonderful. And you know the most important be- thing about a song, don't you? And the kid's like, no. It that it's that it ends. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing mm. was just like, like, hey, don't I'm not sh- gonna be able to pay attention to you forever. And 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 of course, this kid was, you know, using that golden algorithm again. This this kid was never satiated and so always wanted the attention because it was the parent was trying to avoid that experience. And anyway, um, yeah, so that's another one. And then I'd say the final one is that, um, it works for a while and then people forget about it. So they have some big issue and then they feel the emotion. The issue goes away and then they forget about the rule because everything feels good for a while. Oh, now like there's this big relief. I'm no longer in this pattern. I feel really relieved. And then that, doesn't last forever, obviously. And then all of a sudden I'm in this new thing. And then they forget the tool. And and since this is such a powerful, important tool, it's definitely a tool I recommend revisiting on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. I think that's a big one for for people who have gone to a workshop or they've done some some kind of practice and they're like, oh wow. So all it took was me being willing to feel the sadness. And then on the other side of it was freedom and joy. Now I'm yep. free and joyful. But it's actually like the next time that sadness comes up, you also would need to be just as willing to feel it in order to continue to have the freedom. So it's not like a one and done thing. It's a continuously becoming more and more and more open to these emotions, which become, as you get more and more sensitive to them, they become more and more intense for the same thing to occur.
0: Yes,
1: And so it is like the more sensitivity you get to these emotions, and the more willing you are to feel even the subtle forms of them, then your life changes, and you have the freedom and the joy. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel those things anymore. It actually feels you're going to. It actually means you're going to feel even more of them.
0: Feeling, yeah, exactly. And and for those of you who who just puckered, <laughs> who just puckered hearing <laughs> what Brad said, and it starts feeling. If you do it consistently, it starts feeling better right away. Even though you're becoming more sensitive which is an yeah. interesting dichotomy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the more that you actually genuinely start to enjoy the range of feelings, the more it'll come in, you know, cause yeah. your, your subconscious naturally filters out things that are not enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, right. Until you learn to integrate them and be like, yeah, I can actually enjoy feeling jealousy. Oh yeah. Wow. That delicious jealousy. <laughs> yeah. It means there's something I really, really want, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Can I let myself want it completely? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, beautiful. That was a long one. That was great. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. All right. Thank you very much, Brett. Good to talk to you as always. Yeah,
1: thank you. All
0: right. Let's do it again soon.
1: Have a good one. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Art of Accomplishment. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe and rate us in your podcast app. We'd love your feedback, so feel free to send us questions or comments. You can reach out to us, join our newsletter, or check out our courses at artofaccomplishment.com.